Hi, everyone. I'm about to call Tom Martin, a brilliant two-time Emmy-winning comedy writer, and ask him about The Abyss. Uh, Tom is an absolute genius and an absolute sweetheart, and let's see how this goes. Hey, Ethan, it's Tom. Hey, Tom, what's going on, man? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I wanted to, to ask you about the movie The Abyss. Do you remember that movie? Do I? I lived in the 80s. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it seemed like a much less popular film to my generation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to see it again. Maybe not. It's it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty slow. I felt like maybe the pace was a problem. Yeah, well, you know what? Are you thinking maybe the sequel were like Abyss, Alien versus Jaws? Ooh, yeah, okay. Pitch me quick on, on The Abyss 2. <laughs> interior no exterior the sea is profound as only the sea can be not only humans aliens alike are drawn to the mysteries of the deep but what they don't know is also residing there is a very hungry shark <laughs> that's I don't want to give away the whole thing you don't want to give away the whole thing but that shark was Jaws <laughs> Sweet. Well, everybody likes a good crossover. And he saves humanity from aliens. Oh, Sh- Jaws is a good guy. Yeah. Whoa, I love the twist. <laughs> All right, uh, well, I uh, I thank you. You are now our uh, resident movie critic and, <laughs> and, I guess, movie creator. Sure, yeah. You know, anytime you need some, uh, some thoughts on... Uh, an 80s thing I thought I forgot about. Let me know. <laughs> okay, perfect. Bye, Tom. See you later. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, bad, bad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I am your host, as always, Ethan Edinburgh, and I am psyched to bring you The Abyss. We are talking about the 1989 classic James Cameron film, which you probably haven't seen. But if you've seen it, then that's great, and we'll we'll get into it right now. First, I want to introduce to you my, my, my comedic guest, an unbelievable performer. You know him from The Big Sick, Bob's Burgers. It's honestly probably easier to name stuff you haven't been in. It's Kurt Broneler. Hi. Uh, first off, wait. Yep. People have not seen The Abyss. I chose a bad movie. You didn't choose a bad movie. Because in my mind, The Abyss is the most important movie ever made. <laughs> it was my favorite movie as a child. I've I'm never shocked. heard anyone else say that. I'm <laughs> shocked that people don't know this movie. Yeah, well, I think... I'm not sure why, but it's very hard to watch The Abyss. If you try to go on Netflix, you try to go on Hulu, HBO, etc., they just don't have it. I don't know why. They, but they have it on Laserdisc, Ethan. Right, that's true. Yeah. And everyone should own it on Laserdisc. Yeah, I watched it on Laserdisc. <laughs> Projected well, with just three lights. One red one, one green one, one blue one. Of course. Um, so was yeah. that in between playing ColecoVision? Or? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was just watching it out the corner of my eye. Uh, in case you were confused about that third voice, here we have Dr. Douglas Payne. Case, uh, an assistant professor of biological sciences at the California State University in Long Beach. I get all yes, that? Yes, you got it right. Yeah. Okay, great. Yep. Thanks for uh, joining us here, Douglas. You're welcome. And I would like to say, in terms of what Kurt said, mm-hmm. I know I come from a more sciencey background, but The Abyss was a pretty important movie for people I went to school with. Oh, so, okay. Right? And was that a marine biology school? 
Yes. What was it? It was Southampton College at Long Island University. All right. Mm-hmm. Southampton. They, they went bankrupt, though. And also, but I do th- <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> Too much time watching The Abyss. Uh, My bad on the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like for people who like water stuff, it's a pretty big deal. It's up yeah. there. You got to yeah. watch that. You got to watch Jaws. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I want to, yeah, just start out with, I mean, I, I basically have your thoughts on the film, Kurt. You love the, uh, the abyss <laughs> ever since you were a kid. I mean, it didn't make you want to be a marine biologist. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, it did. Oh, I wanted to be a marine biologist for a long time. Wow. And then I found out that actually I just like swimming. <laughs> uh, you, and you, so you saved yourself a lot of heart. <laughs> when I found out that like on research vessels, like nobody goes swimming, I was like, Fuck this. <laughs> Why do Why it? Why are you going out there? If no, people are just going swimming at uh, night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know what you do in particular, and I want to get to it, but a lot of, there is like scuba diving excursions and, right? In certain kinds of marine biology, yes. Okay. Yeah. So in maybe, your kind of marine biology? Sadly, no. Uh, okay. So that's exactly <laughs> what but you wanted to avoid. But I did get to go out on cruises and go in submarines. Okay. Yeah. But pretty cool. Submarines are pretty so, fun. So the, the submarine that you were on was called the Alvin? The Alvin. Yes. Okay. The classic. The classic. That is All like right. the classic. Wow. Al- that's the one. Kurt's a All big right. submarine fan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm telling you. The James Cameron runs deep in him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And Cousteau. Cousteau was on that a few times, right? Uh, I... I think maybe his son. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Maybe Cousteau, Cousteau Jr. Well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Cousteau Jr. was a big one on that one. Um, so so about James Cameron here, I because I had some idea, it was just in my head somewhere that he was like a big, I don't even know what to call it, oceanographer, ocean freak. Uh, he loves the sea and he's always going down there it's and crazy. seeing. Yeah. But I had no idea the depth, uh, no pun intended, of you his. You intended that pun. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> that was intentional. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he just he he has the the solo dive record. He went seven miles down by himself. I th- in the- yeah, I think it was six kilometers. Okay, excuse me. Yeah, seven uh, miles is pretty well. What the hell? Six kilometers is pretty deep. So I, I trust you more than the internet. Yeah. But Time I've, out. How deep's the ocean? If seven, mi- I thought I thought it was like two miles. I thought the deepest was. I thought the Marianas <laughs> Trench was two miles down. How deep is the Marianas? No, Trench? I think it's like. And again, I'm not so good with numbers, but I think it's like six kilometers. Time out. Three and a half. <laughs> three and a half miles. You're the scientist. If anybody's <laughs> yeah. gonna be good with numbers, yeah. it's not. It's neither of us. Nope. All right. So, yeah, it's definitely 20,000 miles. <laughs> Whoa. So he barely scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah, that's where he went, though. The uh, Challenger Deep, it's right, called, yeah. in the Mariana Trench. Is it really 20,000 miles? No. No. Oh, no. Seven. no. I feel like seven is the... I think something around six or seven. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it's way bigger than the Grand Canyon. That's what I uh, heard. Yes. And you can flip upside down the, uh, the like, Everest, and it still wouldn't get to the bottom mm-hmm. of the Mary. Which they're in the process of doing, is that they're correct? doing that. <laughs> That's the thing. No it's Cameron's comment. doing it. <laughs> Cameron's, yeah, raising yeah, yeah. the money. The Avatar 2 profits yeah. will go to flipping Everest. <laughs> From what I heard, I don't know. Um, okay, so I, I wanted to give a, a little trivia here up top about the movie because while I was watching it and again my first time seeing this this film and I did enjoy it but while I was watching I was thinking to myself this must have been agonizing to shoot to shoot right it's insane it was like two separate Russian reactors that they flooded with water yeah at the time wow. it was the biggest freshwater tank that had ever been built that and was built for this movie invented those face masks so right. that they could record audio 
and see the face underwater. And that was the first film to ever record audio underwater. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is great. I feel like we did the research together. <laughs> oh, this is just stuff I just know from being 14. <laughs> I have not it's done great. any research. This is just in my brain. It's just in there, yeah. No, that's all accurate. It's unbelievable. He he really went uh, ham on this film. He went all out, and everyone hated him for it, apparently. The people working on the film, oh. Ed Harris and your... Uh, your Mary Elizabeth Mestrantonio. <laughs> My, from now, who wow. I believed would be my future wife. I'm going to call her Lindsay, but because I think that's her name in the film. Yeah. But I think from now on, whenever I want the actress's name, I'll just point to you and you give it to me. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, so Lindsay, who was played by Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Mm-hmm. So she well, was she not like a huge star in the 90s? She was in like I everything. Think she was. She yeah, was yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she was in like every. I just don't know her name. Maybe yeah, because it's course. too long. It's a very long name. It's yeah. a bold move not to get rid of one of them. <laughs> you know, Mary Mastrantonio works. A lot of yeah, it still or just works. Mary Elizabeth works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Mastrantonio, pretty much no matter what you put before that, it's too long. It's pretty. It's a long name. Signed, Kurt Brownell. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I thought this was kind of funny, and I don't want to, you know, poke fun at uh, James Cameron, who of course is listening. But he based when he was writing the script. Uh, the the character of Lindsay on Gail Ann Hurd, who was the producer of the movie. Whoa. And so they were dating. They got Whoa. married before the abyss, then they separated during pre-production, and then got divorced two months after principal photography. So it's kind of the opposite arc Whoa. that actually occurs in the movie between the two main characters. <laughs> so almost he was writing this story... Uh, like this was his like fictional way of fixing their relationship. <laughs> yeah, deep. Yeah, wow. they right. needed aliens, but since no aliens showed <laughs> <Yeah>. up, <laughs> right, their, their relationship was over. It just fell apart. Alien yeah. marriage counselors, <laughs> and she didn't go on subs with him. I'm sure she wanted. You know, he wanted her to to come with him. Um, so, anyways, forty percent of the. Live action principal photography took place underwater, so it kind of speaks to what I was talking about, just, you know, a, a tormenting process probably for everybody involved. And the the cast and crew endured six months of grueling, six-day, 70-hour weeks on this isolated six set. Six day? Oh, that's and crazy. Yeah. This was in Russia. Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, mostly in Russia. This is, this is correct. Um, and... So Ed Harris publicly disowned the film. He said after, you know, because they do that whole like press, yeah. you know, right after, you know, yeah. the, the, right when the movie comes out. So he did that. But then after that, whenever he's asked about it, he says, I'm never talking about it and never will. Wow. So he's never spoken about the abyss after the initial promo uh, tour that they do. Wow. He just will not talk about it anymore. And then this uh, <laughs> Master Antonio disowned the film also <gasps> saying the abyss was a lot of things. Fun to make is not one of them. Wow. My I goodness. I yeah. mean, it's it's when you're watching it, you're like, I can't believe there's been nothing else made really like it. That's yeah. that much underwater. Right. Photography with people actually acting underwater and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that's probably why. It's because they heard tales from this film yeah. and just said, well, why do that? Why are we going to... I mean, even like there's a scene like inside a su- Russian sub and it's like to think about like having to build that set yep. and sink it underwater... Then, then get like the actors probably can only stay under on like one tank for like an hour or so. Yeah, right? yeah, and they did for safety. I think much less. So much it less. had to be right, and they had to be in shallow water. It was like it was a whole disaster. It's so crazy. How deep was the tank? I don't know. Oh, I don't okay, have the all right. Well, I, I yeah, know, because I then they would have to do decompression. Yeah, right. Which right. I wanted to ask you about also. So when they get 
into pretty early on in the film. They have these like uh, Lieutenant Coffee and his crew, uh, the evil army guys. I don't know exactly what yeah. to call them, but so they seal they, team. They're a seal team. That, uh, that seal guy team. was good at playing crazy. Oh man, he's he, awesome. Yeah, and he was also in Terminator, right? What's I his think name? So, yeah. Briel or uh, anyways? Well, oh really? Yeah, Wait, yeah. The first he's Terminator. The first Terminator. Oh, that's right. He's Cease. fucking is or he Reese, John Connor. Reese. Oh no, he's Reese. He's Reese. Reese. Yes. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. He's a good actor. He rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they get in there and he. They talk about HPNS and how one in 20 can't handle it, and that uh, HPNS is the high-pressure neurological syndrome. Of course, you knew that. No, I don't. I I thought this was made up. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So... Tell us about uh, it. No, I don't. I, it's not made up. I mean, it's a uh, yeah high pressure neurological syndrome. Uh, I think it's from compressing too quickly. Okay. And so basically, that affects your neurological function, uh, and I think it basically ends in tremors, mm-hmm. uh, ability just to sense the world around you. You can't control your muscles. So I think in that aspect, uh, it exists and it would manifest itself in that way. Got you. Yeah. So that was legit. But it wouldn't make you go, you wouldn't make you like more paranoid and more no, crazy, I, you know, right? I think mm. HPNS is much more acute, so it happens really quick. Okay. Yeah, this, mm. the idea that the SEAL team guy was sort of harboring it like a secret disease. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, a little shaky. Uh... Yeah, I think it comes on pretty quickly, and if you don't do something about it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you'll succumb and probably and is it, die from it. Is Whoa. it due to nitrogen in the blood? Um, you know, a, a lot of these things with diving, yeah. they don't really know why these things happen. Wow. Um, but it has to do probably with nitrogen or other uh, gases that are basically coming out of solution, like for the bends, or it could actually be pressure generated on your neurons. And oh, it's just causing your central nervous system to not behave as you need it to. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know much about HPNS, but it's probably one of those, one yeah. of those processes. So do they, is that room... Does that exist when you go down into an underwater habitat? Do you go into some sort of compression or decompression room for a little bit? Because they're in there, and then they they come out. I'm going to say I don't know. I can understand why the room would be there, because I think if you're underwater for that length of time, you're doing what's called saturation diving. Okay. Okay, and so that means you're going underwater, and you're saturating your blood at these high pressures. Okay. Uh, and then what you have to do is probably play with the mixes of gas. Right. So I assume the gas is they're breathing. It has less nitrogen, maybe replaced with oxygen or perhaps with helium. Mm. And so that might be that scene when they get out of the uh, submersible into the station. Uh-huh. I think that's what they're doing at that point is just equilibrating the new people from the surface to the new gas mix they're breathing. Got you. So, and then okay. here I have a question, though, about yeah. that is like, so was that... What's the name of it? Is it nitrox for like... So, yeah, nitrox is one of the uh, more popular things you'll hear about with sort of recreational diving. Yeah. And what that really is, is just a higher concentration of oxygen to get rid of some of the nitrogen. Okay. So nitrogen is kind of the evil gas. Mm. So... Because it expands as it comes out of solution and it can actually make a bubble. So the air we're breathing right now is actually 80% nitrogen. Right, and so when you go underwater, it's too much. It's, too much. it's way too much. It seems greedy. Yeah, <laughs> and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, it does a whole lot of nothing. Um, but when you get underwater, it's pressurized. Right, if you're at a really great depth, you're breathing pressurized air, so you have nitrogen in your blood. Mm-hmm. And if you come up too quickly, that nitrogen is no longer in solution. It makes bubbles in your veins, in your arteries. It clogs things, and it makes you very, very miserable. And you have the bends. Wow. So. Do you know someone that has had the bends? No. 
Okay. It's something you really, really try hard to avoid. And right. you have to yeah. like, when you're diving, it's like, you have to just wait. If you're down like around 100 or 120 feet, you have to like come up and wait at like 45 yeah. feet and then at like 30 feet for like oh. 10 minutes. Oh yeah, so, so, so you like, have to gas it off. Okay, yeah, right? I've never done this. Yeah, so, so, so when you come up, you have that excess nitrogen that your blood can no longer hold. So you sit there and you keep breathing and all that excess nitrogen begins to leave your blood. Whoa. And so you have dive tables and dive computers that tell you exactly based on how deep you went, mm-hmm. how slow you should go back to the surface. Whew. If you disobey those dive tables, you run the risk of getting bent. Because it's like every, and that's right after I saw the abyss, I went out and I got my scuba diving license at age 12. <laughs> so I started diving at 12. Wow. Nice. Um, and so that's like the, the whole, the whole science too, I think for people who don't do this is like every 32 feet is one atmosphere. So it's like, yep. it's compressed. So it's like, if you have like a foot, like a, a, a cubic foot of gas uh-huh. at, at 32 feet, that's a half cubic foot of gas. And then another 32 feet, uh, 64 feet. It's another, it's another halved and halved and halved. So then it expands as you come back up because it's less pressure. Got what, it. Yeah. What I like to use like as a visual example is you just take tonic water or club soda, right? Mm-hmm. When it's closed, you look at it, it looks fine. Mm-hmm. But the moment you open it, you release all that pressure, mm-hmm. you see bubbles everywhere. Right. That's what happens when well, you get bent. Good, I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah, I never yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah. Love soda. Um, so I want to pause the... Uh, super science stuff for a second. And no, dive. we're gonna get into it. <laughs> Only that. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about the the film. Um, so my favorite part of the movie was when Lindsay is you know passed out and dead. I mean, they're saying she has no pulse. She has no pulse. And then they bring her back. You're shaking your head already, Douglas. What's going on? <laughs> By the way, can I call you Douglas or you, should I say Doug? It, Doug. Douglas is whatever works okay. for you. I didn't want yeah, to make yeah, you feel like yeah. I'm your parent. That, that, that was one of the. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I just hate when people do that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, um, that was a moment I had trouble with. Oh, why? Why is that? Well, because it's not. uh, You know, you know the whole movie thing, suspension of disbelief. That that that's great. Yeah. Um, But what did they say? It was like going to be 10, 15 minutes to get back. Yeah, and she says it. The the way that she says it is like that's why it's it's going to work because she says like you've told me that that's what you know I can be out for 10 15 minutes and then get revived with hypothermia let's do it and then actually there's a weird moment where she's like grabbing his helmet and then she like passes out and right. you can see her arm and he goes no and it's like that wasn't that the plan the plan was for her to pass out <laughs> so why are you freaking out about it i didn't understand that yeah. i was really weirded out by that so i mean it's understood that uh like when children fall under the ice mm-hmm. right they can go into this mammalian re- reflex where basically Basically, the blood doesn't go out to the fingertips. It surrounds the body core and the brain. Okay. And that provides protection. But it's not this kind of thing you can dependably rely upon. Mm-hmm. You know, just saying, oh, I'm going to hold my breath and go underwater, and I'll just wait for me to pass out, and you drag <laughs> me through the water for 10 minutes. It's because tough. you could have, like, an involuntary response to just inhale, right? Well, that's one of the main problems. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you're holding your breath, sooner or later, the instinctual desire to breathe will take over. And you usually, when you find drowned people, or so I've heard, uh, they have a lung full of water. <laughs> right, right. Because that's the last thing they did. Right, it's breathing a bunch of water. The other problem is being without oxygen for that long, even if miraculously, <laughs> what's her name? Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Thank you. <laughs> even if she were to be revived, I, the sad part is she would probably have severe brain damage. Oh, no. That's what I was thinking. Was, yeah. Oh, that, yep. That's a long know, time. It's, yeah. 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 
Yeah, and she was dead for a bit. She right, was, yeah, and that would really dead. kind of make the narrative slow down. Well, to, to <laughs> you know, uh, focus back on the glass half full here, uh, I just thought the scene was great. I didn't think, I don't know, I, I maybe I didn't see it coming or something, but when it was happening, I really found myself like, yeah. right? Like, it's a gripping scene. It's a and very I got, emotional. Like, yes. teary-eyed yes. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which is like crazy for like just an underwater space-like movie, essentially. Yeah, sci-fi, weird. Like, I wasn't even sure what was happening. I gotta be honest with you guys like the plot kind of got away from me and I was I was a little confused as to like so the army guys want the warhead but then they want to blow up the warhead but then so what do the aliens want do the aliens want anything do we know what did I miss something and then like what I don't know I was very lost I think it was the code book the army guy just wanted to make sure that the Russians didn't get the code book to to launch those nuclear weapons that are at the bottom that should have been spelled out yeah but they didn't really make that it literally it's one scene where he finds the code book and he takes it and you just see like code on it or something and that's <laughs> it says it. the word yeah, code right. yeah <laughs> should have just burned it right there I think it says code no, it's cryptic code oh it says cryptic. Cryptic. Yeah, cryptic oh cryptic yeah, 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 yeah okay yeah, yeah, that so makes that's sense. literally it's Very actually mysterious. cryptic way to tell people about that <laughs> yeah too cryptic guys yeah, yeah so I, anyways I was a little bit lost I didn't know what was going on <laughs> but in that scene I was so in it man and I was thinking about you know uh, my, my love and like I don't know their relationship and I was really uh, Ed Harris's performance uh, so excellent right so good um, I agree yeah, yeah mind blowing and so upon my research I found some interesting stuff about that scene so okay. they were already going crazy uh, yeah. while like filming if, if, yeah that's later in filming yes and so <laughs> first of all James Cameron told the actors to relieve themselves in their wetsuits to save time between takes so that it, makes sense. It, Whoa. Yeah. Just, I mean, like everybody pees in their wetsuit. That's like a rule. That, yeah, just go ahead and do for it. For surfers and right. for divers. Yeah. You probably poop it, yourself it sh- all the time. Uh, and that's fine. Shitting is, is, is very fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very fun. Um, okay. So. I wouldn't recommend it, but a little blast. <laughs> they had a ton of takes of this scene where she's coming back to life. And if you've seen the movie, then you know most of this scene is her just passed out being slapped around and uh, her chest is being like being roughed up yeah. yeah she's getting roughed up yeah. and everybody's just basically yelling at her <laughs> so <laughs> at one point and she's topless and at one point the camera runs out of film and what's her name Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio yeah <laughs> she storms off the set and she was yelling we are not animals and so then <laughs> wow. that happens they, and then they have to shoot a lot of the scene without her. So a lot of the shots that we actually see of Ed Harris giving this dramatic performance whoa. was to nothing. He was just looking like at the ground because she, she was refusing to come back to set. Wow. Is it possible that they'll make a movie about the making of The Abyss? <laughs> they really should. Because this sounds... It was right? wild. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see that because it does seem like a colossal undertaking. Yeah. Just to see, I've seen photographs of like the reactors. They're like the classic looking crazy reactors, and mm-hmm. then they cover the tops so like no light can get in. So not only are you wow. underwater, you're in pitch black while underwater. Ugh. Yeah, I can't. So, so insane. Yeah, I don't know how I would handle that, uh, that kind of. <laughs> six months of uh, I feel like I would totally lose my mind and apparently a lot of people did Ed yeah. Harris said that he had uh, like fits where he would like be in his car just sobbing uncontrollably you know leaving set or coming to set wow. so it was like a very yeah uh, memorable experience let's say for all of them wow. um, so there was one there was a few scenes that I found awesome okay and that is 
like undebatable, I think. For anybody, if you don't like the film, that's fine. But there's a couple things that they Ethan's did. Ethan's definitely coming at this from this is a bad film. I'm, I want to say <laughs> that you, his whole I undercurrent think he was just defending is that, yeah, yeah, but he was like, but the movie sucks, but there's like three things that I like about I it. I have a feeling that a lot of people will dislike the film. <laughs> it is slow, especially for nowadays, you know, and I like slow uh-huh. movies, but yeah. it's still pretty slow <laughs> and makes me feel like I almost feel bad for everybody while I'm watching because there's so much underwater shit and so like tight quarters like claustrophobic shit yeah so anyways there's 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 and of course the whole ending which i have a large problem with and again i'm gonna spoil it for people that haven't seen it and 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 whatever you're listening to a podcast about the movie so deal with it but like there there doesn't feel resolved like aliens and a lot of critics had the same problem i I read online aliens just you know save ed harris's life and then it just kind of ends abruptly it's just like well everything's great and seems like they're back together and i I don't have answers really yeah so there and and you know that's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth even if the whole film was great if you have a bad ending, yeah, that's tough. Gonna, yeah, that's right. going to mess with me. But I um, mean, it's just like, yeah, it's just a dumb frisbee comes up out of the water, and that's it. It's <laughs> yeah, just so a confusing. Big purple dumb frisbee, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it looks so bad. Should have stayed underwater, dude. It big does time, look, <laughs> big time. Like one of those awful fishes from the bottom of the ocean that when it comes up, it just deflates and it looks all fucked up. Yeah, totally. And everybody's for some reason just thrilled. Like many people have died. Yeah, you know, yeah, and right. and and trained soldiers yeah. have died, and it comes up. And for some reason, they're just all thrilled to see it. No one's freaked out that yeah. it's so large and so weird and they've never seen anything like it. They're just all like, ah, oh, this is great. And the boats, they're on these huge ships. Oh, that one battleship was... Yeah, it's like teeter. Like those, It seems like they could all die at any moment. Yeah. And they're all just in a blissful state. Well, I think that's because, if I may, that, that was you a, may. there was a young Chris Elliott aboard, right? That's correct. Right? <laughs> it is so crazy to see Chris know, Elliott. Yeah. And he's just playing like a straight man yeah. who's just yeah. like working on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had like one like kind of sarcastic line, but most... Mostly, wow. yeah, yeah. Mostly, it's just like, well, this intercom's not working. Yeah, <laughs> mostly, it's I just loved that. it. I love seeing that because he is such a, an absurdist, weird guy. Yeah, to yeah. To see him playing it completely straight is really funny. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And actually, that was the part that really, I don't know, put it over the top for me at the end, where he's really happy that the boat <laughs> is like now just kind of topsy turvy on this big frisbee, and he's like, oh, I love this. It's like a weird Disney moment. <laughs> I have no idea why he's so happy about it. He's but... so happy because they're about to meet an alien. Yeah, I guess so, or because everyone told him. All right, and this one just everybody's really happy. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're going to do a take where everybody's really excited about it. <laughs> no, I'm terrified. The army guys aren't constantly shooting at it. <laughs> yeah. They must have done a take like that, right? That's right. so true. Yeah. They would just be like, we're just trapped. Fire, fire you know? everything. Yeah. It would right. be like a Trump moment of like, shoot everything. Shoot everything down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, but... Let's focus on some cool parts here yeah. because they did some stuff that was very cool. Oh yeah, like for example, majority of the movie. You mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I like the rest of it. <laughs> I loved the water effect, and and this was yeah. confusing for me, but I kind of put it to the side because of how cool this thing looked. And I wish it was, wish there was more of it. It was really just that one part where it's like this uh, moving tube of water that is trying to communicate with them somehow. But it seemed like it was after the warhead. That's what it was really like going for. Yeah. But why was it going for it? Because and, it's. It's like it was like, oh no, like they have this weapon. This is like this is this concerns us now. Do you know what I mean? Okay, okay. Like it's it was I think it was like, oh, we want to be friendly with these guys, but they have this huge weapon, what do we do? Kind yeah. of thing. That's what I always thought it was. No, that makes yeah, sense. What's the deal with this weapon? Yeah. Right. Also, it looked really good and it was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like they invented that technology yes. to make that water effect. Yeah, yeah, and apparently delayed the movie release a few months because they were still fine tuning really? that wow. sequence. Yeah. Oh wow. Which is awesome, and it took so long for like it took I don't even know eight months, nine months. I can't remember what it was, but just to make that you know seventy seconds of whatever. Because yeah, that, that was. one scene, it actually makes the face of. Uh, Ed Harris Mary and Elizabeth Mastrantoni. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantoni. <laughs> That's right. You know what it's going to turn out? What? It's, uh, mispronouncing her name. Oh, that would because be the I'm, best. I've never heard anyone say it. I just as a child, I would look it up and yeah. then be like, that's her name. That's yeah. who I'm going to marry. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, whenever they announce her on like late night shows, it's always, and ladies and gentlemen, Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that? Um, okay, so I thought that was sweet. And they kind of used the same, well, he used the same effect on uh, Terminator 2, with the liquid metal, it looked very, very similar, too. right? Oh, yeah. wow! You know what I'm saying? That yeah. is the same. Yeah, it turns into like yeah, the, the mercury kind of yes. fluid metal, which is awesome. That's yeah. like one of the coolest villains in movie history. I think. Oh, so you love Terminator Two? Okay. Yes, See, I do. Terminator Two wouldn't exist without the Abyss. That's right. I, yeah. But I didn't know that. There you go. I only have watched Terminator 2 and been in love with it since I was, and I've wanted to be a Terminator since I was 12, <laughs> but uh, I didn't follow that path. Um, okay, the other one I loved is when coffee is going down and the pressure's like getting to the sub, I guess, and then he like is realizing it right before it explodes or implodes or I don't implodes. know. Implodes. Implodes. Yeah, right. I love that. I thought that sequence was so. I, I kind of like leapt up in my chair when he screamed, and then it. I don't know. The water comes in, all the glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh it's, man, it was it's perfect. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was good. I thought that was super cool. Um, I have some stuff here about. Well, this is kind of more real science, I, I guess. Um, so why don't we take a break? Okay. We'll come back. We'll do a game. I have a guessing game for you, and then we'll we'll get into some. Some potentially real science stuff. I'm not sure what you know about oh, it, Doug, but but we're going to put you to the test. Okay. Yeah, Doug. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll defer to Kurt if okay. I, got a lot of, I got a lot of answers. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. All right. So because it's impossible to watch this film... I want to re. I want to. I want to sum up the movie. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how many people are going Time to. Time out. It's not impossible. You can buy the DVD. You can buy or the DVD on Amazon, Amazon the DVD, and it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. I'm, yes. I'm saying people should. Yes. I'm just saying maybe for people that haven't seen it, let's try to catch them up in some sort of quick way. Yes. In everything that happens in this film. Okay. Okay. So Ready? I'll I'll You're start us start. off. Yeah. And jump and, in at any time. Yeah. Don't jump in, please. <laughs> so the main characters in this movie are Ed Harris, the guy named Bud, and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, his they're still married, I think, but they're separated. Right. And, and they like hate each other at the yeah, beginning. She designed this deep sea oil rig that for no reason has to be on the bottom for them to drill drill oil. <laughs> That's right. Like it's it's like a big house that drills oil. They couldn't just do it with the with nope. the drill down there. They got to put the whole thing. They gotta put it because James Cameron loves things that are just chilling at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so her name's Lindsay. And so really the story follows Bud and Lindsay's relationship via uh, army dudes who are evil and an alien uh, <laughs> species that I'm still not sure 
what their goal is. <laughs> this is a terrible description. <laughs> this is a terrible description. Correct me. A Russian well, sub goes down, or an American, American sub goes down. Okay, but wait a minute. Let's pause there for one second, okay. because that is the first thing that we see in this movie. And the that's first, an exciting sequence. It's a great sequence, but the alien, it seems to me that the aliens at the beginning have uh, uh, evil intentions. because It's they purposely come, made to like seem that way, yeah. Yeah, but it, but are, was it an accident? That was never explained. What happens is this sub is is traveling underwater and an alien uh, flying yeah a scout a probe comes near them which shuts off all of their uh, technology electronics whatever power and then when it comes back on they don't have enough time to dodge this mountain and so they just crash into a mountain they all die yes so that's how it starts that's how it starts yeah and seems to me again what's confusing about that What's confusing is that why'd the alien do that? He was just checking. So this is the first time humans have come close to them. They've been at the bottom of this huge trench, right? Right. They haven't seen humans. And then all of a sudden, this this sub who just happened to be coming close to them, Mm -hmm. it like sent out a a, a scout to be like, oh, what's this? What's this about? Like kind of looked at them. Yeah. Doesn't realize that they shut, they turn off the electricity when they do that. Right. Okay. And then this sub crash. But given all this technology, you think it was their first time seeing humans? I mean, like, they're pretty dumb. Right, they're yeah. still pretty dumb. Still okay. pretty dumb. They all don't right. know that they'll freak people still out by their way throwing the of the ocean. tubes of water all through the shit. <laughs> yeah, they seem. Yeah, they're pretty aggressive for uh, for just like checking it out. Yeah. I guess. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like, did they mean to do it? Do they feel bad that they just killed all these people? I don't know. They know. I don't did, think they understand. It's like okay. imagine it's it's just a completely different idea of of living technology mm-hmm. everything. So, like, what does a sub look like? I don't know, like a, an American nuclear sub. They may have assumed that they had this. We had the same technology they had, and I guess so. Affected. Okay, so that happens at uh, the beginning, yeah. And then they have to go check it out. So they send in these army guys. They all have to like work together to discover. They're the, supposed to maybe rescue people, but then they're actually there to get a warhead, right? Yeah, because all those people are dead down there, yeah. and so they get this warhead. They bring it back. And then there's something really fishy going on with uh, Lieutenant Coffee. He's one of the bad, he's like the general of the bad guys. And so I'm not, you know, I guess his goal was to get this cryptic book and make sure the Russians don't get it. And so they, a lot of the fighting happens between the good guys, Bud, Lindsay, and Coffee. Yeah. Right? Right, right. And he loses so like, it. And they're so minors. it looks like Coffee is, I think the way they're pushing the narrative is he's slowly succumbing to. What is it? High pressure neurological syndrome. Right. Right. And that makes him uh, lose his mind. He starts cutting his arm at one point. Suffering severe paranoia. He's a cutter. No. He's a cutter. He's a cutter. 14-year-old girl (laughs) in New Jersey. That's right. Yeah. Um, And uh, and then, yeah, I mean, they ultimately battle him for 45 minutes or so, and then he dies, and uh, Ed Harris goes down to disarm the warhead because it's going to go off. Because they've realized that there's a aliens there yeah. and then coffee decides to just kill them right. by sending a nuclear warhead down armed right. and then Ed Harris is the good guy he's like well, let's not kill aliens we don't know anything about yeah, and it would kill them right because the blast they would did destroy mention that. Right, yeah. all oh, of right, them right. it would so, destroy yeah. everything yes and so then he goes he sacrifices and he thinks he's sacrificing himself to go down and save the day and it's a beautiful moment yeah. like him he's going down and he's like He's definitely like about to die, but he's like typing on his wrist, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the where the line is. Like, uh, we always knew this was a one way trip, and then Mary Elizabeth Messantonio is crying, and yeah. everybody's crying. Yeah, it and was then he disarms it. It, it was, was a really beautiful, beautiful landing. Yeah, 
I mean, given Smooth. anywhere he could have landed at the it's bottom right of the ocean, <laughs> the nuclear warhead, very, <laughs> very well placed. Yeah. yeah, that's true. A lot and of coincidence. Like, and then they have a classic cutting sequence, right? Where yep. he like cuts the wire. Which the wire? wire. Which was, wire? Because there's no red light right. and it was in also the bottom so, of the ocean. Yeah. So funny because the two wires, he goes, <laughs> one, is, one is blue and white and the other one's black and white. Don't cut the black and white one. Cut the blue and white one. And then there's these close-up shots of the wires, and they look exactly the same. <laughs> it's like really dark blue, I guess. Right, right. And he's like, he puts it, he puts the the scissors over one. He's like, ah, I don't know. I'll cut it anyways. And it turns out it's fine, <laughs> it's obviously. Fine. And then the aliens rescue him. Right. And then this is where it gets awful. Yeah, that this is, is the, officially where the movie gets bad. I yeah, think. I wrote down left turn into shit town. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really do think, I don't know, at that point, I didn't realize it when it was happening because I, I was still, you know, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm down to play the game here. Yeah. What's going to happen? Who are these aliens? But it went nowhere for me after that. But, it, you know, that's he's, like 10 minutes left in the movie. Yeah, so. he's right, brought right. into a room. On one side is water. Both sides are they water. They partition mm-hmm. the water. Yeah, yes, they partition right, the water, yeah, save right. his life. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, they look like... Like angels, like amoeba angels, right? Right. Yeah, I think he was trying to fashion them after what are called tinafores. Oh, okay. So comb te- jellies, comb, comb jellies. jellies. Yeah. So right. they're they're little invertebrates. Uh, they're really simple. What are tinafores? Tinafores. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, anyway. Uh, so wait, they're little invertebrates. You said. Yeah, yeah. There's little jelly things. You see them at the beach quite a bit, oh. um, and they have these um, rows of, of what we would call cilia, little okay. tiny hair-like projections that let them move through the water. Okay. But when they move the cilia, the light gets refra- refracted, and it looks a lot like a prism. So right. It puts off this really, really pretty uh, oh. lighting on them. Got it. And looking at the shape of this James Cameron. Alien, it sort of reminded me really of a cross between a manta ray, yeah, um, you know, and and one of these uh, comb jellies. Got you. I I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, concur. Same. Yeah, I'm gonna get a comb jelly tattoo right after this. Um, so now you guys know what the movie is all about. So let's let's change gears here for a second. I want to play Time a out. game. We do have to finish that. We have to finish it. Oh. Then he say. Then the whole thing ends. Yep. With the entire spaceship slash whatever city that's down there. Yeah, huge city. Come raises out of the ocean, mm-hmm. saving everyone's life. Yep. And then just sits there with, and it's huge. So all the ships and everything that are up above, are, including the. The, the the drilling facility, the right? Benthic Explorer, yeah, right? is yeah. all just like sitting on top of it. Yeah, and everyone is thrilled. Everyone's thrilled. Yeah, it is a very happy ending. <laughs> it is an overly happy ending, <laughs> and it was say. magical too, right? Because like they all should be suffering from decompression. Oh right. Oh, but right. there is a line actually. Somebody comes up and they're like, "Why are we? We should be uh, decompressing. We should be dead. <laughs> I don't understand." Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't know how any of that worked, yeah. and they didn't explain it. Yeah. Alien magic. <laughs> Alien magic was sprinkled <laughs> all over the ending of this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So I want to play a game here called Underwater Underwater Habitats and What Are Not. It's time to play a game that's very specific. Under what are underwater habitats and what are not. Upon my research, I found a bunch of really fascinating underwater habitats, which I had no idea existed before doing this. Uh, I mean, Kurt, you probably knew. and 100%. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to test your knowledge, basically. Okay. I'm going to give you two choices, and you tell me which one is the real underwater habitat. Okay. I feel like right off the bat, I'm make a. I'm gonna get everyone right. Oh, right. it's not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be fun for everybody. Great. 
because I'm just going to get them all right. I would I would rather you know? be impressive. You could throw a couple just to... Nope. No? Okay. I'm going to get them all right. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying it. I'm Babe Ruth. I'm pointing like, at the like fences. I have the tiger. Okay, here we go. Number one. Yeah. The Galathy or the Gasper? <laughs> I'm not going to get every one of these. <laughs> I'm going to say the Galathy is real. That is correct. Yes. Do you know anything about the Galathy? I do not. Great. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Number is it two. in the Galilee Sea? I have no idea. Okay. I know I know zero. there's one in maybe in the Red Sea or something. Okay. We'll check on that later. Okay. Number two. Yes. Hyrule Tank or Hydro Lab? Hydro Lab. That is correct. Yeah. I'm getting confirmation here from uh, Douglas mm-hmm. on everyone. That is correct. Anything okay. you know about these, you just throw them in. Yeah, if you have facts. Hydro Lab? No, I don't know anything about Hydro Lab. Look like a Fantastic. Two? I know right, it's a great. thing. Zero out of two. <laughs> well, actually, two out of two for Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero out of two for Doug. <laughs> Thank you. I, I knew it was Hydro Lab. That doesn't matter. I all want right, information right. out of yeah, you. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. I'll make it up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, number three. Bogwan or Bawan? Oh, man, come on. Bogwan or Bawan? Yes. <sighs> Bogwan. No. Damn. It is Bawan. Bar one. Do you know anything about this, Douglas? 10,000 people live on it. Oh! Is that true? No. no. It's not. <laughs> Can't be. That's it's not true possible. at all. I've never no. heard of it. Okay, so zero out of three for <laughs> Douglas. it owes me money. You're two out of three. Where are you getting these? Like, you don't know anything about Are you about pronouncing these? I don't know anything about them, and I'm probably not pronouncing it right. All I can tell you is that I made up Bogwan because I just saw uh, Wild Wild Country, the documentary Bogwan. on Netflix about uh, right, yeah. the Rajneesh, and so they call him Bogwan. I thought that was funny. All right. Number four. Bentos 300 or Mentos 3000? <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Because both are things that one don't is a, make sense. One is a fresh maker. And one is a bento box. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go with bento. That's correct. Yes. Mentos 300. And what do you know about it, Douglas? Uh, very little. All right. Okay, you Sticking will... Sticking to my guns on that Probably one. be fired from your job after this. <laughs> In um, underwater habitat design. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, number five. Yes. Aquarius or Aquarium Center? Aquarius. That's correct. Yes. Douglas, know anything about the Aquarius? No. Aquarius, I know it's a thing. I, I think it's a hotel, isn't it? I don't know. Okay. Once again. I do it know... It would have been great if you did... Two more seconds of research. That would have been cool, right? just say, it's this, is what it looks like. It's cool. <laughs> this is how many people can fit on it. This is what year it was used. There's a lot of information I could have. You definitely went to the site and got the name. It, all the information was there. It was all there. It was all there. You yep. purposely ignored it. All I'm trying to do is spark uh, inspiration in someone to go do their own research and become a good marine biologist or whatever, submarine underwater habitat expert. Um I did find out that there were like restaurants underwater and really? like tourist attractions. There's one in Florida, right? I don't know. I think, I think there's one in Abu Dhabi as well. Okay. Yeah. I saw a picture of one that looked awesome. So if you uh, are interested in that, go, you know, eat oh, there. I want to go. Let's all go after this. Let's yeah. go. You guys aren't doing anything, right? No. No. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Number six <laughs> Mariposa 2 or Marine Lab? Marine Lab. That's correct. Yeah. Easy one. Easy one. All right. Next. You know anything about Marine Lab? I don't even know why I'm asking you anymore. No, I can't wait till we do a show about larval sea urchins, and then I can answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Your actual specialty. <laughs> Listen, it had a good pun title. I had to do the game. What do you want? Aqua Bull or Water Dome? Water Dome. 
Incorrect. It is Aqua Bull. Wow. Aqua I would have went with Water Dome. Okay. Yeah. So you both, yeah. I appreciate your honesty. You both would have been wrong. Yeah, Aqua Bull is a thing. And it ends with an E, so it's like Boule, maybe. All right, last one. <laughs> okay. La Chalupa Research Laboratory or El Chorizo Research Laboratory? La Chalupa. That's correct. La yeah. Chalupa. All right, guys, give it up for Kurt. Unbelievable job. I de- don't Only even know. Only one wrong. I think, right, that's what Only I was going to say. Only one wrong. So what is that, seven out of eight? But still, that's... No, you got two wrong. You that's the... failure for me. Yeah, you should have done I better. Because I said <laughs> yeah, right, everyone. Right. <laughs> we I didn't know that they were going to be so hard to, to <laughs> decipher. Yeah, that was tough. Well, I think you got, you said Bogwan, which was wrong. That's Wild Wild Country you were thinking of. And uh, Aqua Bull. Yeah, so, which was a tough one. If anybody knows one. anything about any of those, I would love to know. Yeah, please uh, know. tweet at Kurt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even. <laughs> um, okay, so let's jump into some of this real science. I'll tell you the most fascinating thing I found about this movie which I thought was total BS, and then learned that it is not. Can I get... Yes. Oh, I think I know. It's the breathing uh, oxygenated water, right? Absolutely correct. That's a totally real thing. Yes. So in the film, once again, for those that don't have it on Laserdisc, there's a part (laughs) where the SEAL team specialists say, we can go to extra deep uh, lengths because we have this water that you can breathe. And they're like, what? What the hell are you talking about? And then they test it with this guy's rat, this one character, by the way, always has a rat on him. And then he puts the rat, at one point, everything's getting flooded. He puts the rat in a plastic ba- Ziploc bag, and it's just floating through yep. with him. <laughs> that scene was great. The Which flooding? One? With, with, with the, the rat in the bag? Yeah. Because I thought mm-hmm. James Cameron did something I never thought you could do. He turned the submarine into, like, a monster. Oh. Yeah. It was, like, lurching for his poor rat. Right. You know? That I was, was like, cool. Wow. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey. As far as suspense goes, movies, a I mean, a 10 movie. out of 10. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of action in that movie. Yeah. 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 There it's was like, one point, there was a chase scene, but like in slow-mo because they're yeah. all, they're underwater. Oh, the smash em up derby of the <laughs> submarine. Smash em up derby. Yeah. yeah. But it was good. Yeah. Like when it started, I was thinking, oh no, you know, there's going to be weird slow motion car chase, but underwater, but it was great. Uh, yeah. It really worked. It was a submarine car chase. It was really great. Yeah. I hadn't seen something like that. Um, but yeah, so they, they, at one point they put this rat in this like small canister and this guy's freaking out because he thinks the rat's going to drown. But that was, that they actually did it. That wasn't like some camera trick. They actually put the rat in this breathable liquid and the rat did fine. Yeah. It can actually breathe it, which is so yeah, crazy. It, it is a real thing. Have so, you ever done it? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> laughed at you. <laughs> laughed at you. No, I mean, it is actually like uh, an aspect of research. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Navy has looked into it. Mm. Um, you know, because there's so many advantages to it in terms of the depth you can go and the length of time you can stay down at that depth. But I think the big problem, which I think they even address in the movie, mm-hmm. is our lungs were designed to move air. And the, the, the idea of moving a liquid through our lungs um, is, is really, really difficult on the human body. Okay. So I think the idea of ventilating that fluid mm-hmm. is really why we don't do this. So I think um, you would probably need to have some kind of a forced ventilation system okay. so that you could move the fluid. What I think it was a fluorocarbon they used, right? Uh, that's right. I have per... Perfluoroc... Per PFC, yeah, right. Yeah, PFC. That's PFC, what I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> so humans have done it? Yeah, so... There's been testing is what okay. I saw. Yeah, but. that's my understanding. There's testing. They've definitely gotten it to work on rodents. And I didn't yes. realize that that was a real thing in the movie. That was legit, yeah. Wow. Because I actually shot. I wonder if they could still do that. Probably not. Yeah. Huh. I, yeah, I don't think you could do that. I don't think now PETA yeah, think it's way or too not PETA, a, a, SPCA would let you yeah. 
like trap a rat underwater until yeah. it breathed the liquid. Yeah. It didn't look thrilled. It did not no, look no. thrilled. No. No. Uh, it was very upset about the whole process. That rat's not talking about the movie either. <laughs> yeah, I've hated filming this. Um, yeah, it is, it is a real thing. And I think the other problem is w- the oxygen is only one part of the equation. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is CO2. Okay. And so when you breathe out, you get rid of CO2. And that's really what's toxic to your body as well. Oh. So I don't know if this liquid that they were breathing would be able to move the CO2 out of the lungs. Oh, interesting. interesting right? So you yeah. might need a scrubbing system. A so, scrubbing system. Yeah, you can basically use chemicals that will chemically remove CO2 from whatever the fluid media is that you're breathing. Okay. So when you go down in a submarine, they, uh, you know, you're trapped in this bubble of air, but they have machines that will take the CO2 out of the air as best they can. Because uh, it's not good to be in a high CO2 environment for too long. Wow. Yeah. So cool. I just had no idea about this liquid, and it seemed like total fantasy to me. I'm blown away they actually use it on the rat. I thought it was just... uh, Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of insane. Can I ask you a question about uh, being in Alvin, if we're talking about like being in a submarine? Sure. How... (laughs) This is the dumbest question. Love it. (laughs) How long does it take to like schedule like... Because I know there's just one Alvin, right? There is only one Alvin. And I like... It seems to be the sub... To me, in my mind, at least, the research sub. So, like, how long do you have to wait? Is it, like, years to get, like, a ride on Alvin? Yeah, I mean, and it's not really the waiting. You have to justify it. Right. So you have to have some scientific reason to, you know, and you have to write a grant, basically, to the National Science Foundation and say, I want to study this aspect of the ocean or the the bottom of the ocean, and I need the Alvin to do this. Uh, writing that, I mean, you really want to get in the weeds here. Writing that grant can take years until it's funded. Uh-huh. And then maybe a year, two, or three later, you get to actually go on the Alvin. Wow. wow. So yeah. annoying. So, so, it's not, so science it's, is a very slow-moving beast. So so, so the Alvin isn't being constantly used 24 hours a day? No, it is. It's, oh, it it's is. It's under so there's very just high use. hundreds of thousands of people trying to get in Alvin. Yeah, I wouldn't say hundreds of thousands, but... Tens of thousands? No, no. It's, it's, it's a very select... Maybe a dozen? <laughs> <laughs> Dozens it's a of very, It's a very select group. You know, so you go <laughs> so out I'm on... I'm saying a, trying to get in. Oh, trying, yeah, every, yeah. I'm sure there's many trying, yeah. um, but the actual numbers is far, far less. Wow. Could yeah. we make a grant or a reason why Kurt can go on the Alvin. For example, you were talking about, you know, science communication before, letting right. people know about what's going on. Isn't there a reason that he can go down there? I, f- I feel like, have you been on a submarine before, Kurt? No. So, no. Other than like the World War II ones. What? <laughs> you served? <laughs> uh, you know, not there. Were not you World in the War SS II, like Montana? The, <laughs> the any anytime you go to like a science center, or sure, a marine sure, center, yeah. and they have like oh, a, but you one didn't in go Baltimore, down. There's one. No, I've never been down. But you would go down. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, and you don't need any technical training to dive in the Alvin. Right. Right. So, so he already has some technical training. Yeah, I I, I think you. I know for the Antarctic program, you know, uh, artists can write grants really? to go to Antarctica. Let me pause you one second. Yeah. Would you go to Antarctica? Yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and they call it the, the Artists and Writers Grant. Uh-huh. And basically, it's, it's very smart for the NSF. They want to have people down there who can talk about how great it is. 
Yep. Scientists are sometimes not the greatest people to advertise how great something is. Yep. So you bring somebody down who's better, a photographer or an artist of some kind, or a writer. Or a stand-up. A stand-up or comedian. A, yeah, yeah. I think that's a very jokes. strong connection. I mean, uh, you get people there, you know, camaraderie. You get people in a good mood. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. then you spread the word and all you, over the and place. And you bring Tempe. it back because there's a lot going on down there that is very humorous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, so, you have crazy stories no so matter what happens. I don't know if there's a program where you could do that with the Alvin because it is so, um, the commitment level for the Alvin, everybody wants to get in it yeah, for legitimate yeah. scientific it's a reasons. Sub. Yeah, yeah. Is right. there a, you know, a normal... They could probably get you on the ship, though. Oh, and yeah? You could just watch the day-to-day, and I'm sure you could find a lot of humorous elements about What's the name of the ship that takes the Alvin out? It's the uh, SS, or the uh, the Atlantis. The Atlantis. Yeah, okay. it's out of name. Woods Hole. I know, uh, I've yeah. seen it. Oops. In Woods Hole. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it, I love it. See, I have no particular interest in going on a submarine and going underwater. It looks terrifying to me, but... If you could tell me that Kurt's going on the submarine, <laughs> well, and I can I, I bring a little. I couldn't tell you that. I, I would. I would love for it to happen. <laughs> I'm going to try and make it happen, Kurt. Okay, thank All right. you. I'm going right. to. I'm going right. to dive into the scientific community. We'll talk about it while we're in the underwater restaurant. That yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a great right. idea too. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It's still pretty scary to me. I gotta. I'll, I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> it's pretty frightening. Um. So yeah, I wanted to talk about the a little bit of the history here. So, diving bells were kind of the first way people were going down there. And then there was something called Casson, Caisson. Do you know about this? I No, I know about diving bells. Um, okay. I, I am in no way, shape, or form an expert on diving. I so. know about Caissons. Here All we right. go. Here we go. It's essentially them lowering a room. It's just a bigger diving bell, but That's, they would lower okay. a room. It's how they built the Brooklyn fucking bridge. Whoa. That's right. It's so crazy. So they would lower a room that has, like, no floor to it. So it's a room... And it has a tube on the top of it, and they lower it down to the bottom of the fucking river. <laughs> and then they pump air down into it, which pushes the water out the bottom. Whoa. And then that is a pressurized room down there. And then divers would go down, literally in like an old-timey thing, and then get inside that room. And then that's how they like They would laid, pour the concrete. They would like mm-hmm. lay oh the, 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 the rocks that like form the bottom of the bridge. And so many people died of decompression sickness uh, when they were making the Brooklyn Bridge. Because they just didn't know. Yeah, they just didn't understand it. It was going to happen. It was the first time they were like doing stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, it's really insane. That is insane. Can you imagine that? Because also the, the East River is like, it's like 12 or 13 knots like current all the time that reverses itself and so like when t- when a slack tide happens then it's like everything stops and then it starts going in the other direction it's like really really like a crazy water it's a nightmare way. yeah yeah because so much stuff has been built up on it so it naturally was much wider and now it's been narrowed and everything wow. so the amount of like just water moving past that thing must have been insane too jeez like that sounds like a good movie right there no shit I don't know why hadn't, no one's done it it's so crazy it would be so weird yeah yeah. and I'm sure like you but, said there was probably so many issues I mean yeah. to, for you know not knowing decompression and stuff like that's a disaster after another yeah. disaster after another there's definitely documentaries but yeah we need James Cameron the, yeah yeah know, yeah we need some, why, a love story involved come on <laughs> <laughs> you know I want to see somebody fall in love after everyone else dies <laughs> that's what life's like I right? like the little trick they did where, where his, his belief in his marriage 
Oh, and he man. put the ring back on, and it saved his life. Right? That's right. Yeah, that was. Uh, which was funny because I thought about how. So there's a scene in the movie where a door is closing and it's automated, so there's no way to stop it. And he reaches his hand in, and it gets stuck on his ring, his wedding ring. And so yeah, it's like this awesome symbolic moment, and it actually does save his life because then people come and they help him right. open the door, and he would have been dead. There was water coming in, uh, but I also kind of thought like. Let's say for whatever reason that ring wasn't strong enough, then he's just an <laughs> asshole who gets his fucking hand cut off. <laughs> but does he have, does he mention that it's titanium? I think he mentions Oh, that, does right? he? I don't know. I don't recall that. Um, in my mind, I was always like, it's titanium. <laughs> titanium. Yeah, you, you so kind of have to out. fill in the gaps. Like, like better not be solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very soft. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to, there's there's one more thing, which this is another, like, really just stupid uh, question, but I don't know. Maybe you guys know because you're both, you have a lot more underwater experience than me. Before, Ed, Ed Harris at one point has to swim along period of time underwater right and so right before he goes under he does this like quick breathing technique right mm-hmm. Where it's like, <laughs> boom and then he goes down is that that's, the way that you should do it that's totally real yep. yeah okay 100 yeah. so, but you can increase your chances of passing out too yeah you know? oh. if you're not used to doing it risky move but those people who do like those deep dives like free dive people mm-hmm. They can go for like six minutes, I think. Whoa. It's really amazing. It's yeah, really yeah. crazy. And they like hold on to a weight. So they do that and then hold on to a weight and go down like hundreds of feet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the physiology behind that is, is certainly real because when you hold your breath and you have this desire to breathe, it's not because you lack oxygen. It's because you're building up CO2. Okay. And your body is way more sensitive to how much CO2 is in your blood mm. because the more CO2 you have, the more your blood becomes acidic. Okay. And so your body's sensors are way more dialed into that than to lack of oxygen. So what you do to fool your body is you hyperventilate and it actually gets rid of more CO2. So then when you hold your breath, you're starting at a lower CO2 level. You have more time to hold your breath, and your body won't be trying to breathe. Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. It is so crazy. Yeah, I yeah. Never thought about this stuff prior to the abyss. You, there's people who can <laughs> teach you, like free dive people who can teach you. They say in like a weekend you can hold your breath for four minutes. Wow. Anybody can, will be able wow. to hold their breath for four minutes. It's just a training technique. Yeah, you just got to be willing to do it. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. So and not be freaked out by being underwater. Yeah. I mean. Right. That's a scary yeah, yeah. prospect. That's true. Um, so before we go, I just wanted to get a little bit, and, and now both of your uh, experience, because, Kurt, I didn't know that you've spent so much time, you know, scuba diving since you were little. And caissons, too. And uh, you knew about caissons? <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I primarily water invested. Everything, like, that's my main nice. thing is <laughs> that's where you put your money. being in the water. I jet skied from Chicago to New Orleans. Right. I love water. <laughs> I saw that. How was that, by the way? Was there, do you have problems? It's, you, a real, it's a real bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> it was like for charity or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's I, love, great. Yeah, cool. I just love, I love water. But I've, I haven't gone diving since I was, I think, 18. Wow. Like, I literally dove just from 12 to 18. Wow. What, did, what, did something happen or you just lost interest? Yeah. I just, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real rich man's sport unless yeah. you are, like, super committed to it mm-hmm. uh, and live and, near the ocean. And it's a lot of momentum. Yeah. The, the more you do it, the more you'll keep doing it. But mm-hmm. once you stop, yeah. it's kind of the activation energy required to start doing it again. It's like going to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I would love yeah. to do it again, but, you know, at some point. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, Doug, do you go on dives? Because you were saying... Well, I have a similar history as Kurt, really. Um, I got certified to dive when I was in college. I did a fair amount of diving. But then after that, you know, I, I just stopped. Mm. So, and sort of by doing marine biology, I spent more time in the lab doing the science and less time in the field doing the fun stuff. Got you. And that's the main, like, day-to-day, you're in the lab, you're yeah, teaching. Yeah, what I do now is, is mostly in the lab. Okay. Yeah. Any, like, what's, what have you been working on lately? So I, I basically study the physiology of, uh, of baby sea urchins and starfish. Okay. Yeah, so. I Sounds guess, adorable. I'm an echinoderm pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's great. So, yeah, I look at embryos and what we call the larval stages. So most of the animals on Earth have a larval stage, just like a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. That's how most animals on Earth work. Um, and so I study the larval stages of sea urchins and starfish, try to figure out what makes them tick physiologically. Mm. And if the environment is changing, how are they responding to those changes? Gotcha. Interesting. And you think they'll all be fine with all this climate change? or? Uh, I think in large part they will. There will be, as we say in the business, there'll be winners and there'll be losers. Okay. Uh, and we don't know who's who right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it'd be better if just everybody was a winner. We yeah. just stop messing up the environment. Right, sure. Well, that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. So I guess Always it's job to... security for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, sweet. Well, I've had a ton of fun. I don't know if you have any other uh, questions or... Thank you for having me on. I'd just no. love to know uh, about all those habitats. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, sorry I didn't do the proper research. <laughs> did, did we get a final thumbs up on did we enjoy the movie or is it? Uh... I am I'm, I'm a little torn. I got to okay. say I, I enjoyed it. I'm, you know, a couple of people uh, had asked me because they knew I was going to watch it if I enjoyed it. And, and each time I've given a slightly different answer. So I Very guess it cautious, depends when yeah. you ask me. But I did enjoy it. I love Ed Harris. I think he really held the movie together for me yeah. personally. I love mm-hmm. the effects. Um, I would say uh, maybe... Call a few friends that want to see The Abyss. Split the price of the DVD. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice. Order well it. Get all together. Because honestly, I watched it by myself. And I would have rather watched it with like three, four of my buds. Because yeah. there was a few parts that really come at you sideways and are a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I agree right? with that. Yeah. If, was it my favorite movie, Kurt? No. I'm sh- I am shocked, still <laughs> shocked that it's not even available to watch. I don't know. I it's think it's so weird. It's a fucking James Cameron movie. You would think all of them are just online somewhere. Yeah, there was a there was a Reddit uh, article I saw that where people were pissed off because they usually they have these like 25 year anniversary editions that yeah. come out oh, and then right. they're available everywhere and Blu-ray and and they just didn't do it. Fox, so I guess, and James Cameron. I don't know if they couldn't come to an agreement or if he still wanted to make an extended version or something like that, but they just didn't do it. They skipped well, over I it. Now, I now have a copy because I downloaded the link you sent me, so I'm <laughs> just going to fucking torrent it. I don't know where you got it yeah, from. Yeah, guys, email us, and I'll just send you this link. I'll just send you the link. If, look, if James Cameron doesn't want to make any more fucking money off his goddamn movie, I'll send it to you personally. <laughs> That's, That's right. Two That's gigs. Right. All right, I'll host it on a fucking deep web server. I don't know anything about the deep web. Web server. <laughs> I think it with like we transfer web a thing. Dark web. Dark, dark web. Dark web. Well, no, deep web should be deep web. Deep web is a even... thing for ocean films. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, th- do you have anything you want to? You have dates you want to tell people when about this something come out? to promote? Uh, this is going to come out in a few weeks. So give me. Well, I don't know then. <laughs> All right, sweet. Uh, I mean, uh, if it comes out before August second, uh, third, fourth, I'll be in San Francisco at the Punchline. Uh, August 30th and 31st, I'll be in uh, Athens and Atlanta with Jonah Ray. Mm. Uh, and then August 7th, 8th, and 9th, I'll be in D.C. Great. Where, where in Athens? 
uh, Athens at the 40 watt. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I used to live in Athens. Oh, it's a yeah. fun little town. Awesome town. town. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. So let's go to Athens and see that show and then go to an underwater restaurant. And <laughs> do the Antarctic uh, Writers Program, right? Oh, that's right. Let's all go to Antarctica. Yeah. You're just going to fade out during this, right? This is a volume just goes down as all the things actually, we're going to say. Usually about halfway through the pot, I'll just start fading out. <laughs> I assume nobody's listening anymore. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producers are Megan Bates and Brent Butler. And, of course, the executive prediver is Brett Kushner. I'd like to give a little shout-out to Eric Groisman for helping me produce some of these little jingles. And I wanted to say thank you to everyone who came out to our first-ever live show in New York at Caveat. It was unbelievable. That episode will be out shortly. But from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you guys coming out. If you are in San Francisco, we have another live show coming up on August 23rd, so stay tuned for more information on that. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show or send us an email at badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. Let us know any films you'd like us to do in the future or if you have any thoughts on the show or things that I've gotten wrong or I don't know, a good recipe for chicken salad um, is always appreciated. Okay, that's enough from me. I'll see you next time. Bye.